All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. Let's kick off the charity of choice, magickids.org. That's M-A-G-I kids.org. It's a fantastic charity. It helps support communities teaching kids how to play magic. And not only does it teach them how to play magic, but it also gives extracurricular activities to different groups, such as schools, libraries, even homeschooling groups we see on there. And you can help support them by either one, going to their website, magickids.org, and donate some money. You can send them your cards directly, and they use those cards to build either, one, sell for money, or two, build kits to send to these different communities. Or three, you can become a volunteer and teacher yourself for your own community. MagicKids.org, fantastic charity. Certainly give them your love and affection. And let's kick that podcast. Welcome. Welcome. To This Week in MTG with your host, Rob Zolson. All right, guys. Welcome again to This Week in MTG. I'm super excited. I got to play some MTG Arena this week. And, you know, I don't want to spoil it because it's going to be a, a budget deck in the future. But I got to play Mono Blue cards. So Rob's is happy. But uh, above my happiness, I have my, uh, you know co-host today wiley introduce yourself sir hello everyone i'm tim wiley um yeah wiley the coyote sure he, he's my favorite bald friend <laughs> if only you could see red face through the microphone you'd uh you get to feel what i feel right now so today we have a special guest for an interview we have jake boss that again you're uh, most known for doing a youtube channel called mtg tonight but now you have been how do we say headhunted and help um produce if you will the game nights jake introduce yeah. yourself uh hi i'm jake yeah i do a lot of stuff on game nights i'm mainly an editor uh i've done a little stuff on uh the command zone podcast but mainly game nights day to day um so yeah we're, we're doing a little bit more camera work and stuff like if you see any product shots or anything like that recently uh that's my hand and uh <laughs> i'm yeah, like I said, mainly an editor. So let's get to brass tacks here. Are you responsible for those amazing animations like the table blowing up? So our animations, uh, they come in two different flavors. There's uh, the typical stuff that like we see on the table, the stuff blowing up. Um, we've always done that. And yeah, I'm uh, part of the group that goes through and helps put all that together. But our card animations that we've really been upping uh, the production value on recently are uh, courtesy of Sam Waldo, who's a fantastic visual effects artist who we've been working with. Perfect. Well, I'm, I'm not going to save all my questions for the interview. We're going to dive into this week's news. But again, thanks for taking the time, Jake, and joining us. So let's dive in some nitty-gritty finance. So this week we have some winners of Paradoxal Outcome. Paradoxal Outcome is a card from the Kaladesh block. Four drop. It's, again, three colorless, one blue, instant. Return any number of target non-land, non-token permanents you control to their owner's hands. Draw cards for each return to your hand this way. So this is spiked because, again, thank you, Urza, making these mono-blue artifact combo decks really come to light, and this is now a key piece in a lot of the brews that are coming up and really showing some results in tournament play. That has spiked a total of 883%. 
So it's finally now from bulk to 450. Check your collections and number two, actually number two and number three are both you know standard central, but number two was really expected. Knight of Ebon Legion, it's a one drop, one two vampire knight. And it's a value rare from M20, but this really fits into all the knight synergies. And if you're playing any sort of black, which of course Rankle and all the other cards from Throne of Eldraine have really spiked this up and above, they uh, it's just a powerhouse card, but then adding the keyword knight to it with all the knight's synergies really make this a sought-after card, and it's now $11. And it doesn't seem to be stopping anytime soon. Then, number three is Oko. Thief of Crowns, the Food Master himself. This is, if you're doing any, you know, three-color deck at all, you're seeing this just thrown in somewhere. You're getting food tokens, so you're making sure that you're handing board a state so you can utilize those tokens wherever you want, or you can just sacrifice them for life. But above all else, you create the food token, and then a second ability allows you to turn it into a 3-3 elk. So... No matter what you're doing, as long as it has those colors or color fixing, you're going to see this card out there. And besides all of the fun, fancy foil prints and ultra arts, this is what I'm seeing as the most expensive card right now in uh, standard, sitting at that $37 mark and climbing. Uh, and Oko's plus one does more work than just turning those food tokens into elk. You can use that for spot removal. It's a fantastic card all around. The other uh, cards that we're seeing is a couple different uh, random commander pieces, but again, the market's not really transitioning uh, in the background yet until we uh, see a lot more play with the brawl packs that are coming out, the pre-con brawls. So the cheap pickups, of course, because rotation just happened. So Carnage Tyrant, which is a 6-drop, 7-6, that can't be countered and has Trample and Hexproof, is the favored dino from the Exelon set and if you're playing any type of commander a game this is a wonderful addition to any of your mono green or where you splash green um, staple and again six bucks and it's still seeming to go down Leyline of the voids i'm surprised these are still going down i know they're they're just on the uh um verge of play in standard but it's still $11.39 for something that you want as a four of in modern, even as a sideboard. Just blows my mind. Pick your copies up of Leyline of the Void. And for the commander players, um, Leovold, Emissary of Tress, is black, green, blue for a 3-3 legendary elf advisor. Each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. Whenever you or a permanent you control becomes a target of a spell or ability... The opponent controls, you may draw a card. This has been a staple in Commander for a long, long time. I'm not sure why it's not getting as much uh, hype. Maybe just people are distracted, and maybe we've seen enough of these banned. decks. Wasn't it banned? It's banned in one-on-one, but it's not in multiplayer. Oh. So well, I need to play more Leopold. <laughs> you need to play more Leopold, clearly. It really surprises me, because we still have the Blue Planeswalker that prevents extra people from drawing, so you have multiple layers of this... Um, Wheel of Fortune effect, where you can make everybody draw cards, but guess what? You're the only one that can. So pick up your copy if that's an interesting commander deck for you, but really surprised this has trickled down, even with that you know long-time ban of playing one-on-one. What festivals are coming up, Wiley? Well, if we don't jump into the fest schedule, we've got Magic Fest Utrecht uh, coming up on the third... What is that? November 13th? 
I think it is November 13th, but we also had Bacon Man on here last time. You weren't here. And, you know, we had to Google uh, play that word just uh, to get it out. So thank you for your uh, your wonderful dialect and knowledge of these uh, <laughs> these cities. Um, along with Magic Fest Bangkok. Um, and, and more interesting we've got coming up is the Magic Arena Mythic Championship. Got to gotta prep out those cards. I don't think they're doing anything for Historic yet. We're, we're all trying to collectively see. I don't know if Magic is, uh, Wizards of the Coast is actually trying to take some time and see how Historic works before we get it as a more or less sanctioned format. Right now it's quote-unquote the wild for Arena, but it'd be nice to see in the future. We understand it can't be right away. It takes time to watch a meta, but if, if Historic could get there and we could follow it in paper, that would really hype up uh, arena tournaments for me. I'm a you know we got to build the format, but I I like that they are making a focus to have these events on arena that they're paying attention to that they want us to pay attention to, um, not to take away from seeing the cards in their cardboard form, but having arena as a format, it's nice and clear, it's easy to see. Either way, if you uh, win digitally, you win in paper, you're all going to end up at the same tournament eventually. Just uh, got to win through. It's nice to have that uh, tree system being in the same level up playing field. Next down my list is the standard deck of the week. So, again, Justice Last Friday, we have officially saw the Throne release. We got to play it in the pre-release, but no surprise here. Again, food is on top, Oko being that uh, centerpiece of it. We're seeing a lot of goose in the, in the wild, but... Bantlands has not gone away. Scapeshift did not, Scapeshift rotating out did not crush this deck. So we're still seeing a bunch of pieces. And if I, I really blame Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time being able to cast it for free if it's your, uh, again, your first spell, glorious. So Once Upon a Time is a two drop, one colorless, one green instant. If this uh, was the first spell you cast this game, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a creature or land card among them and put it into your hand and put the rest in the bottom in any, in a random order. So this just sets up so you can get your select land or get that uh, glorious one-drop common, I, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Aboreal Grazer, I think that's how you, you say it. That is a one-drop reach creature that allows you to put an extra land into play. So you're setting yourself up for long-term bant and... It has not gone gone away, ladies and gentlemen. It's still here. You're still going to see the zombies on the field and see the long haul come out. So check this out, mtggoldfish.com, and just click metagame and standard, and you'll see it right in the list. It's a bunch of food decks and bantlands. They're not going away. This week we have, again, Paradoxal Outcome really showing up in the finance, but also it's our deck choice of modern this week. So Paradoxal Outcome is using that Urza combo and Psymaster Thopterist. So you can recast a bunch of cheap artifacts and overwhelm the game. But there's a couple extra splashes besides just using Paradoxal Outcome. We're also seeing a copy of Nexus of Fate. So now this finally rotating out of standard. People don't really want to give up Nexus of Fate. And it is finding a home here. If you're recasting artifacts, getting another turn is pretty detrimental in this deck. So it just puts the nail in the coffin. So it's a nice one of in the deck. Otherwise, you're still seeing your your cheap uh, drops of Mox Amber, Mox Opals. You're seeing your you know Ericrum's Astrolabe, which is the snow-covered artifact that we got in Modern Horizon. And again, dropping artifacts, 
bouncing them back up, replaying them, and overwhelming the board with Psy Master Thopterus and getting that easy blue mono artifact, or excuse me, mono blue artifact combo win. So this deck is ticking up at that $1,238 in paper, which, you know, for modern decks, it's not Jund. Jund's still that two grand, but the crazy thing is they finally found a home on top of it for Paradox Engine, which, because of this, is now back up to that $8.50. Not coming back for Commander, still banned, but it's, again, sweet pieces find a home. For me, you got to invest at least in one deck, in my opinion, for your competitive uh, self, but if you really want to dab into Modern, you don't have to pay that much. And this week's budget pick, I found actually winning some uh, online play, but also we sh uh, seeing here getting a top five is Goblins Combo. It's not your normal red-black co uh, goblins that you normally have been seeing in the meta. This whole deck is 90 bucks in paper. So this is a harder-to-find deck, so I put it on the website thisweekinmtg.com. Go to the bottom of the page, and you'll find it. It'll just say Goblins Combo. And this deck is crazy. It's using a bunch of mono-red goblins that overwhelm, but then the win combo is either if you can't overwhelm, you can use Voracious Dragon, which, again, it's a five-drop mono-red dragon that is flying and devour. Devour is sacrifice um, any amount of creatures to put that equal to the number one one counter. So devour one is sacrifice a creature, you get one counter and use this to stomp and win the game. So when it comes into play, deal damage to target creature or player equal to the number of twice that you devoured of goblins. So you're doing direct damage, taking all of your cheap goblins you played wide, blasting it in their face, and if you need to, you can swing in again with the dragon next turn. But it doesn't stop there. You get the bonus of having fecundity, which is a three-drop enchantment. Um, it was recently reprinted in one of the modern sets, uh, whenever a creature dies, that creature's controller may draw a card. So you get some bump out of that uh, devour, draw a bunch of cards. So that is, again, this is normally played as a mono-red deck, but they splashed a little bit of green for that, and Commune with the Gods. Commune with the Gods is a common from the Theros block. It's one colorless, one green, sorcery. Reveal the top five cards of your library and put a creature or enchantment card among them into your hand and the rest in the graveyard. So it's a filter out and draw from using the tokens. And normally two-color decks means you need the fetch lands. Instead, this deck really does work well because it's in only two green pieces. Nothing else is really used. So they're using pain lands. The, how do you say that? Carplusion Forest. Carplusion Forest. Again, either it comes in untapped. You can use it for colorless mana, which in this deck... Almost every card has at least one colorless mana, so it's still utilized. And you can use either red or green by dealing one damage to yourself. And since there's only a couple cards in here that are green, Pain Lands work just as well as the Fetch Lands. And this does a fantastic job. Perfect for your budget. 90 bucks, and you're getting results, boys. Let's go into other news. So this week, we on Mark Rosewater's blog... He posted that if we planned to never make another Bolas or Ugin, we would have killed him. So that's been the big meme of the week. So I also posted a meme on the bottom of the website this week in MTG. You got to check it out. SpongeBob memes are the best. And 
it's basically a categorization of every card shown, like Machias, Elspeth, you know, all these different cards that they've quote-unquote killed over time, but somehow have just made it back. So we're just calling BS Mark Rosewater. If you would have got rid of Bolas, you would have killed them. No, there's just no getting rid of Bolas. He's going to come back. You know, maybe it's 10 years from now, but we'll, we'll see him one day for those Bolas fans. And yeah. I'm just sad that in the story of War of the Spark, that gem between his horns was his portal. I was really hoping that was going to be like a, a Hoopa egg from Almond Cat. So <laughs> maybe he should just come back and put an egg there. I don't know. Finally fill the meme. But At least it was something. It could have been nothing. Absolutely. So check that out. And also go on our Twitter and Facebook pages. And if you see any uh, fun content like this, we'd love to feature it. Again, it's uh, This Week in MTG on Facebook or This underscore Week in MTG on Twitter. And again, I'd love to have the normal handle, but I found out This Week in MTG handle is uh, apparently some stock forum website. And MTG was some sort of stock handle. So um, I've been in process of reaching out to them, but uh, it's a fun conversation. What, what, what do you mean MTG? It's mortgage transition something. I want it for magic card. Branding. <laughs> He's like, what is this neckbeard doing? Does he want to invest in something? Leave me alone. So I want to give a shout out to Spiced 8-Rack. He has a YouTube channel, and he doesn't have very many videos. He doesn't post very often. He's more of like the uh, Ristic Studies, where he, if he does post a video... It takes a long time to curate. It's a lot of good content, but it's, you know, every every now and again content. And he really nailed it this last week. He put out a special about Yawgmoth. And generally, if you go into these videos about lore, they either have to crunch it down to 10 minutes and, oh, well, you got what little information we could give you with some memes to make it entertaining. Or two, they're giving you some sort of long, in-depth, drawn-out novel, and you just stop watching because, frankly, they're that boring. This was done in a characterization. And the guy that really runs the Spice 8-Rack, he figured out that he kind of looks like the art of Yawgmoth on the card. So he decided to dress up and play Yawgmoth through the whole thing. And it went beyond just going into magic cards and talking about the lore. He went into you know the uh, details of why they wrote it and how he was horrible and how it mirrored things that are actually happening in, uh, in our history. And it was just a really good listen. I listened to it at, you know, in sort of like a podcast digest format. I highly recommend it. Spiced 8-Rack, and that's the number 8 on YouTube. Certainly give it a try. It's real fun and real uh, informational. It's a, it's a bit of a long video, but you're not feeling like you're bored by any means. He's such a hilarious dude, too. He has this ability to just pick up golden jokes that are just laying in the street. And you think to yourself, how did I not think of that uh he was a poet or something as well in college and that's just folded really well into this fantastic content creator well in this video particularly he made this a way to segue in of him as the character versus him as the narrator and he did it in such a way that like you said he just pulled it out of thin air and you're like why didn't i think of that and yeah he really does shine in this last video so give it a try and uh you know, let us know what you think. So, reminder alert to everybody. Tomorrow is the, uh, you know, ban and restriction announcements. So, we'll see what we're going to get. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of changes, but the big talk is Pomper. 
I mean, Popper, we have it as a format. It hasn't really been, uh, you know, handled as far as transitions from MTGO to paper, other than when it uh, got released. So that's what I'm expecting is to see a little bit of uh, Popper announcements. But you never know. I mean, we didn't expect Faithless Looting, even though it was necessary. And we certainly got it. So be on your toes. And the last piece, we can't forget. This week... Wizards have announced that they're going to do a special My Little Pony set, and I'm extremely excited. I'm just, you know, I'm wondering how they're going to take the silver-bordered couple cards and transition it for Commander. But, again, check it out. Um, they're releasing three-card kit, and this is all going for charity for Extra Life. And the art's great. And if you're not a brony like me, you'll still appreciate the fun flavor on it. But uh, I do have one bone to pick. They don't have Rainbow Dash on it. How could they not print Rainbow Dash? I understand them leaving out Apple Jacks, but seriously, Rainbow Dash is my spirit animal, and I hope they do another one of these sets if it remains successful. But again, when we see these unsets uh, come out in the past, we at least have a small time where they're quote-unquote legal in Commander. I'd like to see that happen with this set just for the fun. Maybe a short time that uh, they'll they'll meme with it and allow it to be played. But again, if Magic can do... Uh, all these crazy sets, you know, sell direct outside of the local game store. It's nice to see that they're selling direct and having one of these go to charity. So even if you're not a My Little Pony fan, consider going uh, and buying a box. It's a three-card set, and worst-case scenario, you can uh, share the meme with your friends. And remember, Commander is a social game, so if you want these as your commander, talk to your group. Play them. Pretty much anybody, if they cracked out their box and they said, hey, I've got a whole black border deck, but I've got uh, My Little Pony Commander, I wouldn't say no. I'd say yes. Put that on the table now. Right? And just let it get focused because that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, just have a good time. I'm not here to uh, you know, play a serious game uh, for high stakes or anything. This is Commander. Exactly. It's where good gentlemen go to, to dabble. So, Jake... I'm so, I'm really excited. When uh, we got introduced, we're on Discord, and you know I had to withhold my questions because I just have so many for you. We've been planning out this uh, interview for a while now, from different acquaintances I've had on the podcast. And you know, number one, thank you for taking the time. You're very busy with the uh, content that you're producing, and you know, let's just start with a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, um, I come from uh, the film and television and commercial industry so i uh started out with a t-mobile and overwatch commercial in late 2016 uh before that you know i had been a video editor for like eight years or something um just casually and doing amateur level stuff but that was my first real big break and then that turned into editing commercials for like adidas nike uh coke honda the kroger company uh, I did a lot of Kroger stuff, uh, a little bit of Sesame Street stuff. And then eventually, uh, I really wanted to make content, but I felt I didn't have any good ideas. So I tweeted out saying, hey, uh, whoever, I want to work on your magic content for free. And who hits me up but Josh Lee Kwai. And so we get to talking a little bit. And, you know, I was living up in Portland. I moved down here to Los Angeles. And I tell you what, I loved my job doing what I was doing and making commercials and working with ad agency people. But down here, it's like I've been working 
uh, I've been doing specifically the stuff that I've always been good at. Uh, and I get to do a little bit of everything. So, you know, I've, I get to do my motion graphics stuff. I get to shoot a little bit. I get to work on some audio. Whereas in a larger pipeline, you're either just the editor, just a motion graphics guy, or just whatever, and that's it. Uh, but here I get to do a little bit of everything and we get to collaborate and I've learned a lot from these guys and especially just the art of the edit uh, from one of the most masterful trailer editors in town. Uh, there's pretty much no better person to be learning from but Josh Lequire. That's fantastic. So there's a lot of content to go over there. I made a, a, a little bit of notes here. So <laughs> to start off, did you said your first gigs were T-Mobile. Did you get to talk to John Legere at all? Uh, no. Uh, so T-Mobile hired an ad agency and the ad agency came to work with uh, the studio uh, and I was hired by the studio as an editor. Darn. I was so hoping you got to have some stories <laughs> with that beautifully haired man. I, uh... It's almost never like that. I have been on calls with certain CEOs and stuff like that. Uh, but usually there's an ad agency between the production and the client. Well, perfect. So, again, you've had quite the career in content uh, creation, and it really just built you up for now what seems like your passion. When did you start and get in magic, and, you know, how does that, uh, how did it transition from hobby, and how do you still keep it fun now that you do it every day? Well, um, I started playing magic, uh, exactly like you, the release of Shadows Over Innistrad, and uh, it took about a year, but I instantly thought, you know, I, I've got to... I've got a good idea here. I can turn this into something that makes money. So while I was working at a manufacturing company, I had an idea for a digital life counter because the only one that was out there wasn't really something that I was down with. And yeah, there are phone apps and stuff, but I don't want people at the table reading my text messages. I don't want to kill my phone battery and all this stuff. So I made a uh, device that worked on a watch battery and did a Kickstarter for it. It's being sold on Amazon now. Uh, it's called Mojo. Um, and we got like, I don't know, 1,700 backers? I can't really remember. It's been a long time. But the company that makes all that stuff, uh, they're still selling it. You can find it for about 10 bucks. It's a really good device. And I left one on in my car, and it lasted for like three months or something before it finally died. But from there, you know, I... Uh, worked a little bit with Josh and then I just got this bug, you know, I couldn't help but create stuff. So, uh, I started up my own show MTG tonight and, uh, I got to do live music stuff. I got to host a show cause you know, I've been a showman my whole life in one way or another, be that through music or whatever. And MTG tonight was kind of a way to, uh, it was like the culmination of that. And, uh, a lot of our mutual friends, or a couple of them have been, on my show, uh, Chris Tabor and Adam Lazar. So, yeah, I mean, magic, it's just, it's become this thing where uh, the person in me who needs to get something started and who's always cooking something in the background or whatever, coming up with the next big idea or something, all that happens in magic for me nowadays. It's not really anywhere else. I'm not trying to make a million dollars in the garage. I'm trying to make something that makes people happy on YouTube or something. Perfect. So uh, that's actually how I found you is the MTG tonight. And for those that haven't watched any of the episodes, it's a great, uh, I don't know. Um, 
I don't know how to describe it, not a mockumentary, but definitely a play off of the traditional late night talk show hosts in the, you know, content that we all love Magic the Gathering. And, you know, who did that band work for you in the videos? So I had a couple of different bands. I've always had a uh, nice uh, sphere of musical people around me because I was a musician too. Um, so I just hit up my friends and say, hey, you know, I know you're doing music still. Do you want to be on my pretend tonight show? So I'd go down to wherever they were with my backdrop and my three cameras and my lighting and build it around them. So it seemed like they were on my set, but really I just moved all the decor down to them. Um, and yeah, I think we filmed probably six groups all together and I did a little bit of music for myself. There were a couple episodes where I did, uh, just stock music as bumpers, um, because I was trying to figure out a pipeline that made this work. But yeah, the live music was probably my favorite part of it. I, I love it. Uh, you actually plays a intro and it says, uh, tonight, um, from the guest bedroom and it just kicks in. It just felt fun and uh, didn't uh, take itself too seriously while still being uh, retrospective on the content. And you even got picked up by The Professor. How was, uh, how was that episode for you? Well, that was funny because I had uh, I'd kind of been going back and forth with, with my, at the time she was my girlfriend, now she's my fiance. Um, we were talking about like, hey, I really want to release this uh, small chunk of this thing to just show people what it is I'm up to. And she said, you know, you should probably just show the whole thing and i still think she was right but i posted uh just a small little thing and it just had text on the screen that said intro and then it cut to me on the set um you know vfxing in my guest and uh it, it like it took 20 minutes and the professor liked it retweeted it replied and dm'd and followed pretty much everything he could do and said hey i'm in portland too i want to be a part of this what can we do when can we do this and uh so he was my episode three and when I was doing the Mojo stuff, the Kickstarter stuff, uh, I had run into the professor and, you know, I had uh, shared uh, the, the product with him. I was like, hey, you got to check this out and stuff. And I was talking mainly about the product when there was at this like Spellslingers event. And when I walked away, I just had this feeling in my heart like, man, I wish I had said all those things like, you know, thanks so much for being my friend when I was going through a lonely phase in life and I wish I had said all that stuff. But instead, I, you know, had to tell him about this product. It didn't really feel like I was actually meeting him. But then having him over at my house, you know, it was this crazy experience. And then uh, we did the interview, of course. And afterward, uh, we hung out probably three or four times. Like one was a commander night at her friend's house. And then um, a couple other times I was at his place. Uh, like he recently had his set and lighting redone. Uh, that was by yours truly. Um, Perfect. I got awesome. to, it was like it, since he moved into that set, I've been wanting to redo that because I saw his Gavin interview, and I was thinking, man, if only he would do it like this. And so it, it was cool to have hands on all of the props and stuff that I'd seen for years, and uh, just hang out with him. It, it's a lot like when you're uh, 12 years old running around your friend's basement. Um, in your socks late at night and then your mom uh, the, his mom yells downstairs hey your mom's here come get your shoes on and stuff you know it's like it's just that feeling of being a kid when i hung out with him it was really fantastic great that if you can you know 
you have so much better content when you take time and be friends first. I mean, there's two ways you can do like this interview style. Like even I didn't want to ask you questions and I wanted to get, you know, the reaction up front up first. But, you know, taking that time, if you can throw down a couple commander games before you make content, just be, having that connection with the person makes it so much better. Oh. And I'm jealous, not going to lie. Like even with coworkers, it's been great to be able to play commander because, you know, like coworkers talk to each other in a certain way. You know, we're all polite and we say like, uh, hey, uh, just checking in on this thing or, you know, just however anyone at any job talks to each other. But then after work, when you get to sit down and play commander and, you know, I sit down, the first thing I say on turn one is who would like second place. And if anyone takes it, you know, then I've got a teammate throughout the whole thing. And, you know, but mostly what happens is I become enemy number one. Like I'm usually uh, the biggest enemy, but the smallest threat uh, because of that tactic. And I think it just creates a fun dynamic. But yeah, commander is such a great way to get to know somebody. It lowers the shields and takes off the mask of pleasantries and people get to speak through their cards. See, you may lose the battle, but you're winning the war, sir. I really hope so. <laughs> if not, <laughs> you're just you're right. taking the abuse because you're a masochist, but you know that give and take, give and take. So when did what was your first episode of Game Nights that you had a hand in? The first thing that I uh, worked on that went to air was Commander 2019. because uh, that's about when I showed up and uh that was an insane month because you got GP Vegas and uh, all the commander releases happening. That's like the busiest time of year for those guys. So um, it was cool to be a part of that, uh, like fresh out of the gate, you know, because I, I come from like marching band and stuff like that, too. And a lot of that is, uh, you know, three weeks of uh, 12 hour practices or whatever it might be to prepare for the long season. So it was really reminiscent of that. So take us through a minute and go through the process, because what we see, it does seem that, again, there's a lot of cutting, but you don't really, when you're enjoying the content, you put yourself as playing the game. You're not doing what does it take to get those great shots. So what is, number one, the process of you really capturing that um, go through? And then what's the process of, you know, behind the scenes, what does it take to really make that, uh, that all come together? You know, there's all kinds of movie magic that happens. Like if somebody's hand is up in one shot, and I don't want their hand there, uh, I might find a way to visual effects their hand back to where I want it. Another question I have, and this is actually uh, from a, a friend of mine, is they notice little details, and they're not sure if they're intentional Easter eggs. Do you guys ever just plant um, things in the content as some sort of obscure Easter egg for a, either a mild chuckle or at least like a fibble flip meme? Uh, I can't really think of a time where we've, hidden something special in there. Um, I know we've done stuff like the bacon to a pie animation, uh, which was super fun, but it's all pretty on the nose when we come up with stuff like that. Is there any uh, details of, you know, something uh, coming up soon as far as different, uh, you know, content streams? Again, you guys are doing podcasts, you guys are doing uh, game nights, and there's a bunch of other mini series, you know, different content uh, creations. Is there going to be a movie coming? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. You know, I, I've got my own stuff that I've got going on, like uh, some comedy stuff that I'm doing. I'm rebranding the MTG Tonight channel to Jake Boss MTG and doing some fun videos there. But yeah, Command Zone and Game Nights, you know, you can always expect that they're going to find some way to elevate. Um, so I, I think no matter what, don't expect them to stagnate. 
Well, perfect. So back into your personal stuff. So again, you're going to be rebranding. So what's going to come with that rebranding? So uh, people have uh, kind of labeled this style as like heuristic studies kind of a thing where you are making something that's, you know, like an artisan meal or something. You're not making cheeseburgers uh, as many as you possibly can. Uh, the style I'm going for is if I have a really good idea, I'm going to talk about it. And I'm not really going to just turn on the camera when I don't have a good idea because I've been there and it's not fun. I don't think it's worth it. But yeah, um, the videos I'm doing are uh, like I'm always focused on what is my unique value proposition or whatever, but also what is the most fun for me. And I found some material lately that I'm really excited about uh, that is totally my voice. So uh, hopefully you'll see that soon. Uh, it just depends on, hey, when I feel like it and when I find time to produce it. But yeah, so it's I'll be doing something. It's going to go in a little less of the you know interview, uh, you know, consistent content to something more where you're bringing a unique, like you said. So is it going to be, again, magic related or is it going to broaden scope? I mean, it, I'm definitely, uh, my first couple of videos that I have good ideas for are magic videos. Um, have you guys watched the uh, Vice documentary about magic? There was Enter the Battlefield, but then there was yes. this other Vice documentary. You know what I'm talking about? I, I watched I, I watched like three of them. I think one was just a, a snippet, so I'm pretty sure I, I'm, I'm covered on the ones you're talking about. Yeah, there was, at one point in that documentary, they were talking about um, unholy strength or something where they're showing... Uh, satanic symbols and stuff. Yes. There's yep. this goofball guy um, named Stephen Dollins talking about, he's doing a presentation on why this stuff is of the devil. And here's a ghoul. It's a dead, decrepit uh, thing that's been risen from the ground by magic. Um, yeah, I will just say that I've always found that guy very interesting. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to dive down that rabbit hole. I don't think that's been covered really besides that video, just like a snippet of it. And yeah, what... I know. And I, like most people haven't even seen that because I shared the video on Twitter and, you know, people were passing it around and stuff like that as if this was news. And I'd, I'd find this really interesting. I'm going to do something with it. Still working out the kinks, but yeah, I'll do something. I think that definitely needs to be covered. I mean, even Wiley, you've been a way longer player than I have. Where did you start? I started in 95 um, Ice Age Mirage period. Um, but more than seeing that kind of symbology in magic, I dealt with it in the Dungeons and Dragons side of things, where um, I definitely dealt with kind of the after effects of the satanic panic of um, friends who, you know, their parents told their son, uh, you can't play with this kid if he's going to keep doing this. So, and it has yeah, a real it. effect on your friendships. Absolutely. I, I think that uh, that's a fantastic uh, a bit to go off of. There was just, it, from transitioning even like, you know, 15 years ago, there was such a stigma on just nerd culture as a whole, regardless of, you know, picking on that one point and how it's so much more sociably acceptable now. And just, I don't think that's really been covered by a lot of, a lot of places. So looking forward to that one, Jake. Absolutely. Yeah, hopefully it's a banger, but <laughs> if it isn't, you'll never see it. That's that's fair. That's fair. We only expect the best from you. Well, Jake, <laughs> nothing but juice. Come on now. Well, what other uh, you know 
what other hobbies do you have besides magic and content creation? Um, me, uh, me, well, me particularly, I love fish. You know, you, you gotta have something else on the side. What, what, what's your guilty pleasure? I'm definitely into music. Uh, that was my first love and kind of what dovetailed into being an editor. Um, I was really into drumline and stuff as well as guitar. I was in a band called times new Roman and, uh, I played synth and sang and played guitar in that. Uh, I did a bunch of marching stuff, you know, classic high school band nerd stuff, but that really led to a lot of, uh, a, a lot of understanding in my life about how to deal with people who aren't necessarily your best friends, but who aren't going anywhere and you need to learn how to work well with them or how to be creative in an environment where there are no adults. And, you know, people can say, hey, your ideas suck. How do you handle that? Uh, do your ideas suck? Is this person just being a punk? How do you handle a person who's being a punk? Like, plenty of things about uh, the creative process I was privileged to uh, be exposed to early in life uh, because of music. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's influenced a lot of... Uh, how I deal with people today. And um, yeah, music is still something in my life and I'm trying to revive it a little bit, but the amount of time that I have, my hobbies and my work have kind of fused together. So uh, during my free nights, you know, I'll uh, either go to Disneyland or go uh, play commander with whoever's around. Perfect. So do we expect to see uh, karaoke with Jake boss anytime soon? If you ever see me uh, do karaoke, I promise you I'll do, I believe, in a thing called. I did that at a work party once. Oh, my and, God. Uh, thankfully, I left that job pretty soon after. <laughs> <laughs> so, fun fact, that is my favorite karaoke song besides uh, um, what's it, Whitney Houston. So, those are like the two best choices because they're the hardest to hit, you know, consistently. Well, you watch me hit it. I promise I can get every note. All right, so here's what we're going to do, right? You're going to have a Patreon for your new page for the Jake Boss content. If you know, you got to put out a goal. You got to put a goal. If you get X, you know, Patreons, you have to put out the dark, the darkness karaoke track. You heard her here first, ladies and gentlemen. Peer pressure. I'm pretty sure that's a clause in some contract I've already signed that I must make that video already. So I probably will do that anyway. Excellent, and we'll we'll, we'll help abide by that rule as well. <laughs> so before I can go too far, you you covered a lot of details and. One of them was that, you said Kickstarter campaign, Mojo, correct? That's right. So I, we pulled it up. I got it in front of me here, and this looks like a fantastic device. I see it's a two-player thing. Is there any other, you know, hardware ideas that you're going to be putting up for Kickstarter campaign soon? You know, hopefully not something in the shadows because we can't give out your secrets here. Well, the cool thing about Mojo is that it, when I designed it, I was like, wait a second. We've got this secondary counter for energy, poison, whatever it may be. Uh, what if we could set that to 40? Uh, so there is a mode that does uh, four counters with 40 life on it. Uh, really, the best way to go is using two mojos for four player. Uh, but I haven't been affiliated with D1 Gaming Supplies for a very long time. Uh, they're the ones who uh, made the thing and all that stuff. I was just uh, doing a creative IP and the marketing and stuff like that. Uh, but I don't know if they're going to do something in the future. But I would tell people, if you have a good idea, it, odds are you're within a stone's throw of someone who can help you make it happen. So if you've got an idea, just put it on paper and start shopping it around. See who's available. Perfect. I know I'm going to pick up a couple of these for our play group. We use that phone thing, and, yep, text messages ruin the commander game. What's going <laughs> on, man? I don't know the life total. Yeah, awesome. yeah. and the nice thing is that you know you can 
uh, like I had one in my D and D deck box uh, or my uh, dice bag for a while. And when you turn it off, it's still the same thing. And since it lasts for months, you just turn it on from the last session a month ago and everything's the same. Well, perfect. So Jake, is there anything that you feel that we, uh, we missed or did we, uh, you know, cover, <laughs> cover a lot of details? I know I'm going to get questions from the, from the fan base for sure, but anything else you think we missed? I mean, we covered a lot of stuff. I've only been with the command zone for a pretty short amount of time. You know, those guys are fantastic people to work with. And every day, you know, I get to, like, uh, we were talking about Spice 8 Rack. You know, I got to share an Uber with that guy in Vegas and uh, got Korean barbecue with a bunch of the goldfish guys and made good friends with Pleasant Kenobi and just a bunch of people who used to be TV people for me are now just buddies. And the world is a totally different place now. And, uh, you know, I'm just so much happier to be uh on this level with people like you know mark rosewater was on the podcast for our make-a-wish friend who came down evan and uh that was my first day (laughs) or my second day actually was meeting mark rosewater uh at the day job and uh i don't know it's uh, like stuff like that uh it just puts me over the moon in my day-to-day and uh i don't ever want to go back (laughs) Perfect. Well, we appreciate your time again, Jake. And is there any way that uh, people can, uh, you know, reach out to your your social media for uh, follow up questions? Yeah, uh, you can find me at Jake Boss MTG on Twitter. The show MTG Tonight has a Twitter as well. I almost never use it, and I think I'm probably just going to leave it to the side. So Jake Boss MTG on Twitter. Well, perfect. Again, thanks again for your time. And before we go, you got anything for us, Wiley? No, as usual, I love being here. It's fun to help produce the content. So thank you. Well, perfect. Thanks again, Jake. And uh, we'll hopefully have you back on the show when you do the, you know, the next spectacular and the and your wonderful MTG ride. I will definitely add you to the press tour list of uh, folks for my next video. Excellent. I'll bring the bow tie and uh, practice my darkness. Me. You know, carry it's, it's been a really good time. Perfect. Thanks so much. And let's kick that outro. Thanks for listening to our podcast. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh, oh, no. Seriously, follow guys. and subscribe. Or is it just follow? I, you know what? Subscribe, follow, like, share. It's, it's, oh my. It's on Spotify. It's already on Stitcher. We have the RSS feed on the website. This Check week in MGD.com. That's us. Please share with your friends. Share it up. Outro done. Pro done. Pro done.